Hello friends, Denny Pruto here with another lesson on my approach to sermon preparation. In this lesson I want to tie together several of the previous lessons. In our previous lessons we looked at examining and studying our text after having selected the text. You must prayerfully study your text and then you want to determine the main point of the text. The reason you want to determine the main point of the text is that every sermon ought to have one main point. Uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones was uh, known as uh, probably uh, the most uh, prominent preacher of the 20th century. And uh, Stephen Lawson, in a recent book about uh, the uh, passionate preaching of Martin Lloyd-Jones, says this, uh, Lloyd-Jones realized the expositor must capture the central thrust of his text. He called the main idea of the sermon the doctrine. Lloyd-Jones believed if anyone uh, properly understands the text, he will discover its core teaching and place it in the larger message of the Bible. He conceded that this is sometimes the most difficult and time-consuming work of sermon preparation finding the main point of the text, and therefore the main point of your sermon. Once you've determined the main point of the sermon, you then move to formulating an outline. And as I've indicated in the past, I prefer a sequential outline. Again, here is what Martin Lloyd-Jones Uh, says, uh, through Stephen Lawson, what Martin Lloyd-Jones says with regard to the outline. Lloyd-Jones was explicit that the sermon divisions are not to be placed in random order. To the contrary, these headings must be arranged in a logical sequence that best presents the particular doctrine that the text teaches. Therefore, the preacher must position his headings so that the first point leads seamlessly to the second point, and so on. A sequential outline, a outline that logically leads to the point you desire to make in your sermon. After uh, putting together your sermon outline, then you deal with the details. The details are explanation, illustration, application, and transition. And in each piece of your sermon, I like to call them sermon moves, because there is movement from one piece to another. In each sermon move, you go back to the text and you do a little bit of explanation of the text. You illustrate that piece of the text where applicable. And the illustration may simply be uh, a metaphor or two. It may be a simile where you draw a comparison. You don't want to do a string of stories like beads on a string. That would not be helpful. In each piece of the sermon you do a little bit of explanation. You illustrate where appropriate. You make short application and you transition to the next piece of your sermon. And so in each piece of the sermon, or in each sermon move, you explain, illustrate, apply, and transition. After you've uh, 
formulated your sermon outline and dealt with the details, you put together your conclusion. Your conclusion should encapsulate the sermon and clinch the argument of the sermon, like you would clinch a nail on the other side of a board after you've pounded that nail through the board so that the nail can't be pulled out. You don't want the point of the sermon to be lost, and so the conclusion clinches the sermon. After you've done the conclusion, formulated your conclusion, you formulate your introduction. The introduction is to introduce the sermon in its entirety. And in your uh, introduction, you introduce your homiletical point, your sermon point. You want the people to hear the point of your sermon so that they get an idea of where you're going. In the conclusion, you end with a statement of your homiletical point or your sermon point. But you formulate your introduction last because now you're in the best possible position to put together your introduction. As you can see, in this uh, particular outline, I have five pieces. And so, in a 30-minute sermon, if the introduction is 10% of the sermon and the conclusion is 10% of the sermon, uh, six minutes are uh, utilized. You have then 24 minutes. And so, I have uh, each of these sermon moves of four minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, and five minutes. That's the approximate length of time you have for each of the sermon moves. And in the sermon, you desire to have movement from the introduction to the conclusion. And in the last part of the sermon, and moving into your conclusion, you want the sermon to climax. That is, you want the sermon to reach its emotional climax at the end of the sermon. And this is the most desirable scenario uh, when uh, this sort of thing takes place. And so, you want a sequential outline that explains the text as you go along, pieces of the text, gives appropriate uh, illustrative material and makes application as you go along, and then you come to the big application at the end of the sermon. The application that is embedded in your sermon point. The sermon point pulls together the main point of the text and an application. So you're applying the point of the text, the intent of the Holy Spirit, that is, you're applying to the congregation and you progressively move toward that big application. And what this means is that application may become greater as you move through the sermon. In the first moves, application may be very brief, but as you come toward the conclusion of the sermon, application becomes more full because you are applying the central point of the text to the congregation. And remember, every good sermon, every good sermon involves movement. The people in the congregation ought to sense 
the movement of the sermon. And they are brought along uh, in the preaching of the sermon. There's a philosophy of ministry that's present here. You are leading the congregation into the point you desire them to get at the conclusion of the sermon. That point that you've introduced at the beginning of the sermon. And it's not only that you want them to get it in their heads, you want them to get it in their hearts. You want to lead them into an active response to the point of the sermon that you're making. And so there's progress during the sermon. And uh, this results, of course, in unity because you have a central point and you have movement uh, toward that central point which produces a unity in the sermon and brings the people along with you in the preaching of the sermon. And, of course, you pray. You pray that the Holy Spirit will utilize that which you're giving the congregation and that which you're leading the congregation to to bring home that sermon point in the end. And so uh, this is uh, putting all of the pieces together. Now there's another aspect to uh, utilizing uh, this kind of sermon outline. Uh, I call it the accordion effect. And what you can do is you can squeeze these uh, sermon points together or you can expand these sermon points depending upon the time allotted. In uh, many sermons, uh, when the preacher stands up and uh, says, I have three points, and he announces uh, the three points, and then he launches into his first point, uh, very often... There's not enough time uh, as he progresses through the sermon to give adequate attention to the uh, second two points. I've seen this many times in the seminary chapel at Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary where uh, the message, the time for the message is 20 minutes. Uh, The chapel period is 30 minutes. And uh, there's an opening psalm and a closing psalm and a time of prayer. And so uh, the time for the message in the chapel service is only 20 minutes. And so often a, a preacher from the outside would come in and announce his three points and uh, begin his sermon. And notice uh, the clock when he gets at the end of his first point that the time has elapsed. And he says uh, briefly, well, I don't have time to go into the second two points of my sermon. If you use uh, this kind of sequential outline, you can squeeze the outline together like an accordion. And you can accomplish the same purpose in a shorter period of time, such as in 20 minutes. But you can also expand the sermon and... Uh, you can do it in 35 or 40 minutes. You do not lose the main thrust of the sermon when this is the case. And so once again, I encourage the use of of this kind of sequential outline that shows progress toward the main point of uh, the sermon. In my next lesson, I want to talk a, a little bit about 
extemporaneous preaching and how this kind of sermon preparation can lead you easily into what I call extemporaneous preaching. Thanks for listening.